Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's new cyber frontier. Welcome everybody to a new edition of the New Cyber Frontier. I have a very special guest with me today, all the way from the uh, Colorado Springs Chamber and EDC. We have Reggie Ash. Reggie is the Chief Defense Development Officer at the Chamber. Um, welcome, Reggie, uh, to the show. We're glad to have you this week. Thanks, John. Thanks for inviting me. It is a great privilege to be with you here today. Yeah, and so, you know, one of the things that uh, you contribute to the, the local chamber and to the community, uh, especially in your role as the Chief Defense Development Officer, is to stay on top of those things that could be regulatory or affect jobs or affect business or business growth uh, as it relates to those things that are, are defense related. And so your office is, is also known for having strong connections in local government, state government, and federal government. Can you give us a little bit of insight uh, of what your role is at the, uh, at the chamber in EDC? Absolutely, Sean. I say I do three things. First of all, I connect our business community with our five military installations here. Second of all, I advocate on behalf of our airmen, soldiers, and guardians. You know, and probably most of your listeners know, that when you're in uniform or just in general employed by the executive branch, there are things that you can't necessarily say publicly. There are things you can't say to our elected leaders. I get to say those things for them. A lot of them, a lot of our military leadership here come talk to me and say, hey, Reggie, can you advocate uh, on our behalf uh, on this issue. Uh, and then lastly, is as you were just describing, is trying to, to promote the defense and aerospace economy here in Colorado Springs. And what that looks like is uh, trying, well, first of all, it's, it's working with our Military Affairs Council, our Defense Mission Task Force, and our, our Military Spouse Career Coalition. Uh, but it's also doing those things uh, that uh, help for the, the growth of the military missions that are here. And it might be advocating for a CDOT, Colorado Department of Transportation, to do an infrastructure project. And, and they did that two years ago, and they got federal funding for uh, a, a military transportation infrastructure project affecting all of our installations in the area. And a lot of it is advocating that the DOD keeps the, the units and missions here that we've got here and brings new ones here, and that includes U.S. Space Command. Oh, U.S. Space Command. That's been a hot topic here lately uh, over the past couple of years. Um, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure that's here. There's a lot of, uh, um, there's a lot of uh, mission that's already here. And, and, you know, there's, there's discussion as to, um, you know, the announcement last year as to where that's actually, or earlier this year, where that's actually going to go. And, you know, you've been a key supporter and, and an advocate in, in speaking with our government leaders as to why, uh, you know, from a job perspective, from a business perspective, 
from a strategy perspective, your former active duty, uh, how long did you spend in the Air Force? 24 years as a communications or cyber officer in the Air Force. All right. So somebody with some insight that really brings a lot of value to the current position that you're in. You speak the same language. You understand strategy. You grew up uh, with the technology. So um, as somebody with that kind of background, were you surprised to see the announcement that happened earlier this year when uh, we, we, we looked like we were going to you know, come in at the finish line and, and it just went somewhere else? So actually, I wasn't surprised, uh, but that's because we had Intel on it. And, and we, actually, two years ago, in 2019, Colorado won. Then there was a basing process in 2019 that we won. But Florida played tremendous politics. Governor DeSantis is good friends with President Trump. And when in, in August of 2019, uh, Secretary Esper, John Raymond, went to the White House and said, we want to put this before they, they reestablished the command. And President Trump said, no, go take another look at Alabama and make sure Florida gets into your finals as well. And when we figured out that Florida was playing that great political game, we got active uh, in that, that advocacy realm as well. And so we knew, we knew for a long time, we knew since August of 2019 that President Trump wanted to play politics with this and reward a red state. So were we disappointed? Heck yeah, we were really disappointed. Were we surprised? No. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, politics do come into favor and, and, you know, that's how some people get reelected. And, and, uh, but the, at the end of the day, when we take a look at, um, you know, balancing, if you look at it from a realistic standpoint, why does Colorado look better than any other choice that's been recommended? Oh, for so many reasons. We're, we're the better location. Let me just start with it all is the, Colorado. It, so. it's, it's Colorado, you know, uh, we're, we're the, the epicenter of national security space. There is just so much here in national security space. And, and then the cybersecurity realm as well, there's so much here. So let's talk about the key partners. One of the most important partners for U.S. Space Command is NORAD and U.S. Northern Command, NORAD Northcom, for the, the protection of the United States and, and North America as well. And if, if we keep it at, at Peterson, they're right next door. And in fact, the commanders are sharing a fence in their backyard. I've, I've talked to a previous commander of NORAD Northcom who says, oh yeah, we'd have conversations, a barbecue in the backyard, conversations over the fence all the time. And when the two bosses get along that well, that just filters out through everything else. And so uh, when, when everybody at all echelon is getting along and collaborating and, and the kids are playing soccer together, uh, you know, there's just so much collaboration that happens there. And then you look at all the other units that they need to collaborate with. And, and you start with the, the main components of, of the Space Command. And you've got the Space Forces Space Operations Command that is here. We've got Cheyenne Mountain. We've got the National Space Defense Center, JTF uh, Space Defense, Joint Task Force Space Defense, of which the National Space Defense Center is a part of that. And that's at Shriver Air Force Base. And there's just so much here. And then you've got the Survivable Communications Network uh, that is here. And there's just no place else that has all of that. And then the workforce and the, the corporate industry that is supporting that uh, that military network here as well. It's just awesome and nobody else comes close to that. 
Yeah, this is a great conversation. We're talking to Reggie Ash uh, from the Colorado Springs Chamber and EDC. Uh, Reggie's the Chief Defense Development Officer over at the Chamber. Uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit more. We're going to we're going to talk about you know leadership within the within the community and at the federal level and some of the things you've been able to accomplish uh, at that level. So uh, we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier. We have Reggie Ash, who is the Director for Defense Development. Uh, he's the, you know, uh, the Chief Defense Development Officer over the Colorado Springs Chamber and EDC. Uh, we've been talking about Space Command and, you know, all the reasons why it makes sense um, to everybody, but a couple of people, it seems, uh, as to why uh, it makes sense to stay here. Um what have we accomplished or, or where, did, where have you had some uh, influence recently, especially with our, our, our political leaders um, here in Colorado and, and other states? John, that's a great question. You know, let me just say that our elected leaders from Mayor Southers and our county commissioners through Governor Polis and our congressional delegation have just been tremendously engaged in all of this. Uh, even Governor Polis uh, engaging directly with President Trump a number of times. And in fact, when, when President Trump was here in February of last year for a political rally, Governor Polis surprised everybody in the state by showing up at Air Force One to greet President Trump and went on to, to the airplane to say, President Trump, you need to put it here. And oh, by the way, he was using the talking points that the chamber and EDC gave him. There you go. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we did, we've had a tremendous relationship with all of our elected leaders uh, advocating for this. And you asked about recently. And so, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the commander of, of the U.S. Space Command, General Dickinson, Army General Dickinson, uh, had, was testifying in front of the House Armed Services Committee and the Senate Armed Services Committee. And we worked very closely with our delegation to feed them some questions and some talking points. And, and those got asked. And, uh, you know, Congressman Doug Lamborn really landed uh, some great points. And, and the, the biggest point uh, that he landed was that... Huntsville, Alabama does not have the survivable communications network. You mentioned that, that earlier. Here. Explain what that is to our listeners. What is that? So what does a, that mean? A, when, when a military person talks about a survivable network, they're talking about a network that can survive a high-altitude electromagnetic pulse. Hemp, Hemp. is what oh, it's called. Hemp. Okay. And communications network needs to be protected from that because hemp, such as from a, a nuclear uh, explosion, or more commonly, if, if you've seen Ocean's Eleven, uh, they a let pinch. off a, they they <laughs> they do a, a hemp a pinch uh, in that. A uh, bit different than a, a nuclear thing and fictional, of course, but uh, it's the same concept uh, as you saw in Ocean's Eleven, where it just knocks out all the electronics. And if you knock out all the electronics, you can't communicate with anybody. And so how does a commander 
command his troops? How did he command the forces? And so if they were to move to Huntsville right now, that commander could easily be decapitated. He'd be blind, deaf, and wouldn't be able to communicate and command the operational forces that Space Command is responsible for. So that's the first thing that an so adversary would do. they wouldn't be able do. to communicate. That's right. That's the first thing an adversary would do is to, to take out that commander so that the commander could not communicate with the forces that he or she is supposed to be in command of. And so that doesn't sound like a, a really cheap uh, initiative to, uh, you know, build that type of resiliency. Um, does Colorado have one of these? And, and, how, uh, and how would that be? Uh, how would that make this mission for Space Command be more successful here? So Colorado Springs does that, does have that. We, have, we already have one of them. We, we have it here. It's been built uh, over the last several years, tens of millions of dollars uh, building that infrastructure here. A seven times alt-routed cement encased fiber network connecting all of our operational space missions, because we know that that space mission has to be operating no matter what type of conflict that we are in. And so you put that commander here, where he is right now, by the way, uh, you, you keep that commander here, and they've got that already. There's nothing that is going to knock that commander off of the communications network, because it is survivable. It is here now. And, and Congressman Lamborn asked that question during the House Armed Services Committee, and General Dickinson said, no, it does not exist in Huntsville, and we would have to build it there. That's awesome. Well, it's, it's great having, see, having that type of leadership, having that amount of insight, having uh, the ability to uh, educate our, our leaders as to what are the right questions to ask, I mean, you know, when we talk about the value that a chamber brings to its community, um, you know, we're not just looking at jobs. We're looking at things that revolve around those things that make us community, such as jobs, such as industrial, so, such as the military, the missions that are being supported by defense industrial base, the large companies. And so that takes a strategic vision at a higher level within the chamber. How do you contribute to that? So that's a great question. You know, it, it's all the connections that we have. You mentioned the connections to our elected leadership. It's the connections to our, our, our business community here. And it's the great connections that we've got on the military installations as well. And so, you know, we used all those connections uh, two years ago. It was August of 2019 when everyone was expecting because uh, the Air Force had said, we're going to make this announcement in August because the military, you, before you create a unit, or in this case, reestablish a unit, because U.S. Space Command did exist right here at Pearson Air Force Base from 1985 to 2002. But before you stand up a new unit, you do a basing process. You figure out where you're going to locate it before you stand it up. Right. Just makes common sense. And so they were, on, they were on track for that. And then, as I said, in August of 2019, President Trump made him uh, go back and redo that. But before we knew that President Trump had, had made that decision, we were getting through our in, through all those connections that I was just talking about. We were able to, to say to our community leaders here, it's not going to be announced this month. That, that If it's on the merits, we win, but it's not going to be on the merits. This is going to be a political decision by President Trump, and, and he might even use it uh, for applause at his rally, which he did here at the World Arena, and we said he was going to reward a red, he wanted to reward a red state at the end. And so we rallied this community. And in January of 2020, 
the Chamber ADC Board of Directors voted unanimously that we would start a, a public advocacy, a, a PR and advocacy campaign focused inside the Beltway of DC. And we did that. And, and that did two key things for us. That set us up in, in two key ways right now. Because of that campaign, we had the advisors that on January, Monday, January 11th, called me and said, Reggie, an hour ago, Air Force Secretary Barrett walked into the White House to talk U.S. Space Command. And then 24 hours later, they called me and said, Reggie, I'm sorry, we got bad news. It's good news, bad news. Secretary Barrett recommended Colorado. President Trump picked Alabama. Now, since then, through those connections that I was talking about, uh, since then, we know that actually the first thing President Trump said was Florida. And everybody in the room said, boss, that's a really bad idea. There's just not enough there. Uh, and so they settled on Huntsville, Alabama, as they, they were a close second uh, to Peterson Air Force Base. Um, but uh, they just they don't have, as I mentioned, the infrastructure that we've got here. You know, they've got a lot of rocket scientists down there. A lot of people want to talk to me about the rocket scientists that they've got in Huntsville. That's a different aspect of space, though, isn't it? It absolutely is. You know, last week I was talking to, to, to one of our uh, contractors, one of our, our, our defense companies in this area, that their headquarters is in Huntsville, uh, but they've got an office here. And they said that, that their technicians have trouble talking to each other because it's the space operators here talking about orbital mechanics and how you fly a satellite, talking to the rocket engineers down there in Huntsville, and they speak different languages right. with each other. And so you can't just pick up a command that is focused on space operations and move it to Huntsville. You know, Huntsville does some great work in terms of R&D for, for rockets uh, and the launch capability, but in the Space Force, Launch isn't even an operational asset. It's right. part of acquisitions. It's not part of Space Operations Command. This is crazy. This is a great conversation we're having with Reggie Ash uh, from the Chamber and EDC. We're going to have a quick break with our sponsor, and we're going to come right back and, and, and finish this conversation up. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier. My name is Sean Murray. We have Reggie Ash, uh, retired Air Force, 20 plus years. Thank you for your service, sir. Chief Defense Development Officer. Great contribution using, uh, you know, that experience uh, on the military side. Lots of influence that you have with political leaders, business leaders within the community. Um, we've been talking about the, the U.S. Space Command and, and why it should stay here. Um, you know, we've talked about technical reasons. We've talked about dollars and cents, you know, to be on the, uh, to advocate both sides. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that some advocates have uh, uh, that, that makes it more of a challenge here in the community is because of the lack of uh, affordable housing. What would you say um, uh, from that perspective to those who would be listening? So housing at Colorado Springs is slightly more expensive than the national average. 
in Huntsville. It is the housing is significantly less than the national average, but I've talked to some real estate experts and they said that that's really that's because there is a there's a level of of like $80,000 houses that that you know what space command uh, professionals are not going to be living in, but there, there's there's a larger level of of cheaper housing that's in Huntsville that that brings that down. But when you look at uh, at the housing uh, level of housing that Space Command professionals are going to live at, which by the way is the same as FBI technical professionals are going to want to live in, and the FBI is moving a headquarters there that, that in the next five years is going to add 3,000 people of the same type of technical professions that Space Command is looking for. And so within a few years, uh, Huntsville is not going to have a housing advantage on, uh, on Colorado Springs. Yeah, see, and this is these are those types of things that you really need to look at, right? So you talk about what it looks like today, but then all of a sudden – three, five, 10 years down the road, you're struggling with the same uh, types of issues. So it's really a non-issue. It, it really is. It, it, let, let me tell you. So military people, veterans know that there's basic allowance for housing. BAH is how military people get paid for housing. And the Air Force, to make the numbers work, to, to show that the commander-in-chief's decision was the right answer, they looked at a 30-year projection of housing rates in Colorado Springs and in Huntsville. But they used last year's numbers. They didn't use this year's numbers. On January 1st, new BAH rates came out. Huntsville went up 12.8%, the highest increase in all of the DOD. Colorado Springs increased 2.9%. They didn't look at the new numbers. They looked at the old numbers. They didn't look at the fact that the FBI, that the federal government, was moving an additional 3,000 technical professionals into Huntsville. They didn't look at that either and the effect that that was going to cause. Right. Kind of crazy. So let's take a look at the future. All right. So um, we have local government and there are some initiatives um, that, that uh, uh, say we win the battle in the end and we bring things back. Um, you know, we were talking before the session about some of the commitments that local leadership uh, are making towards, um, you know, uh, making progress there as well. Can you enlighten us on what some of that is? Yeah, Sean, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll give full credit to Mayor Southers and his team because they did a great job putting together an incentive package that was worth about $150 million. And part of that was $5 million for a new child development center. That was one of the things that the leadership at Peterson identified was that if you bring in these additional families, that they're going to need additional child care facilities on base sure. and, and that it would cost $5 million to build a new annex there. And so we, uh, the mayor got some of our key philanthropic organizations in town uh, to donate that $5 million should Space Command stay here permanently. There were some tax incentives. Uh, there is, uh, of course, the new aerospace engineering facility going in at UCCS that is so critical to developing that space workforce. And it's just things like that um, that, uh, like I said, the mayor's office gets full credit for. And really the whole community, I think, gets credit for coming together on this initiative. Well, and this is one of those things that we talk about that a chamber does, right? It's not just from one perspective. You really do have to um, you, you have to interact with the people because it's the people that 
um, are going to give you what they truly feel, how they feel, what their perceptions are, whether they're real or perceived. If they're perceived, then in most instances, they're real. And, um, you know, our political leaders need to have an understanding of, of what that message looks like. It's one of those things that the chamber can contribute to. Um, say we go forward, where do you see us in the next five to 10 years? Next five to 10 years, you know what? I, I wish I could say that, that I could guarantee we were going to win this, but it's in the political realm, and I, you just can't guarantee anything that's in the political realm. I can guarantee we're going to continue to fight hard on this uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, the uh, General Accountability Office, the GAO, and the, the DOD Inspector General are both reviewing this uh, independently, and they both have preliminary reports that are due out this summer. We're expecting that uh, less hopeful on the DODIG because, you know, they're looking, was anything illegal done? Well, it's not illegal for the commander in chief to make a decision, right. you know, um, but the GAO will, we think, look at the impact that politics played on this. And then that's going to, the GAO, by the way, is an arm of the legislative branch. They're an arm of Congress. And then uh, if either of those reports comes back with, with anything, and like I said, we suspect they will, then the readiness subcommittee is going to have a hearing this summer. Uh, and uh, Congressman Lamborn is the ranking member of the readiness subcommittee. And so, you know, we're going to continue to, uh, to work closely with Congressman Lamborn's staff on that. You know, we're going to work closely with our delegation. Uh, later this month, there are going to be budget hearings. And so we're going to make sure that, that as many people in Congress for these budget hearings are aware that, you know what, the Air Force didn't take a good look at keeping U.S. Space Command in the building that they're in right now. And if you compare the renovations and, and the things that would be required to keep them in Building 1 versus building a new MILCON uh, military construction project in Huntsville, and if you compare that to what they did in, in STRATCOM, the most recent combatant command to have a new facility, $1.3 billion in seven years. So let's let's save $1.2 billion. Taxpayer dollars. Taxpayer dollars. Right? President Biden <laughs> just, just uh, proposed a $25 billion cut to the defense budget because he, did, he got rid of the, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but he got rid of the overseas contingency operations budget and put that into... Uh, the defense budget. So, so really, there's a $25 billion cut proposed to the defense budget. So, boy, they could really use an extra billion dollars, couldn't they? And, and a little boost in the arm, right? A little boost in the arm. <laughs> and hey, let's let's get them fully mission capable seven years faster, as well. And so, there's a lot of reasons to keep them in Building One at Peterson Air Force Base. Do a little bit of renovation there. Uh, and so, boy, there's a whole. You talk about five to seven years. There's a whole lot of reasons that I think. Uh, that they will be here, but it's in that political realm. And so we're just going to keep fighting. Well, that's great. You know, we've been talking to Reggie Ash uh, from the chamber in EDC. He's the chief defense development officer uh, over at the chamber. Um, you know, having a, a great explanation as to what what the chamber does to contribute from this perspective. The chamber does so many other things as well in the community, but, you know, getting some insight into your realm and uh, the level of rigor that it takes 
to foster and maintain those red, uh, those those uh, relationships. Uh, the political, I mean, we just had a big turnover uh, of political advisors and political uh, leaders. And so keeping up with them and then their advisors, right? And then uh, staying committed to the local community, staying committed to local leaders, state leaders. Um, it's not as easy as it looks. It's not kissing babies and shaking hands uh, for the chamber personnel behind the scenes. It literally is paddling like hell underneath the water while looking well uh, on top. And I think you've done a great job contributing to that on behalf of the community. And so as, as part of the new cyber frontiers, as one of the, uh, one of the, the, the personalities, I'd like to say thank you for contributing to our program. Um, this one's local. We have an international audience. But uh, I do appreciate your commitment to the community and, and continued uh, commitment to uh, everything that's going along with uh, the Department of Defense, how it affects our community uh, from the job, from the de- defense industrial base, from the military side. Uh, continue to con- uh, keep that fight going. I appreciate you. Thanks, Sean. I really appreciate it. You know, the paddling hard underneath the water, that's, that's a very accurate description of it, and as, as well as the connections that we have throughout the community. And it really has taken the whole community. You know, we had to do a funding campaign for that, that advocacy campaign inside the Beltway I talked about. And uh, we had some uh, very critical... Uh, you know, we don't have that money on our own. And so we had to find some donors and, and Murray Security Services was one of our key donors. And so uh, thank you, Sean, and thank you to, to Murray for that. And, uh, um, you know, it's just it's through that community support that we're going to be able to continue this advocacy and and continue that fight to really get the politics out of the decision and let the senior military leaders decide do their job. what that, let them do their job what's best for the mission it's it's a critical national security mission we shouldn't be playing politics with it you're absolutely right thanks again reggie for your contributions to the program we'll see you on the next shot thanks sean glad to be here thank you for listening to new cyber frontier remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks we keep you informed bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With new Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert, just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.